Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast brought to you by the team at JetRails. And uh, I've got my co-host here, Tom Pachalski, with me. And we've got a special guest today from uh, our partners at Bolt, Jay Omar. Jay, you want to say hi? Hello, everybody. And uh, we're going to be talking to you today about uh, something that's, uh, that's near and dear to my heart, e-commerce optimization. Uh, I think sometimes I dream in e-commerce. And so there's so many ways that you can build a better mousetrap today. And there's so many behemoths that every e-commerce store, whether they realize it or not, is competing with in one way or another. Um, and so this is going to be our first attempt to help you through that journey and to share some meaningful information with you. Um, undoubtedly, we're going to be tackling this topic uh, a few times <laughs> more in, uh, in the future of this podcast. But uh, with no further ado, uh, let's talk uh, a little bit um, about how we got here. And, and Jay, do you want to start us off with maybe a little bit of history as you see it? Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Uh, uh, thanks, Robert. So, um, I thought, you know, just to start this off, what we could talk about is the kind of state of e-commerce and kind of how we got to this point where um, we are in the space today. And uh, if you're going to start talking about e-commerce, you should start with Amazon, right? A 600-pound gorilla in the room. You know, for, more, for the most part, Amazon's really had a decade head start in e-commerce versus everybody else. This year, they're pegged to do about 50% of e-commerce market share in the U.S. alone. And they've largely won the wallets and hearts of customers by providing a low friction, easy customer experience through everything that they do. Um, back in the day, perhaps it was the cheapest place to buy goods, but that is not the case today. Believe it or not, uh, shipping a lot of the time is built in the pricey of product. Um, especially when you look at lower ticket items, it's quite easy to spot, you know, when you go to their competitors that Amazon is charging a few, dollar more, few dollars more. Um, I, I guess yeah. we could call that a, a convenience fee or surcharge that in order to get that one-stop shop, sometimes at this point, you know, merchants know, that the sellers know that they don't have to drop to the lowest price um, that's on the internet. They just need to perhaps be the lowest price on Amazon in order to win the sale. Um, I've even seen some uh, optimization software that'll game that system a bit and make sure that, that your item is selling cheaper than your competitors on Amazon alone, uh, just so that you get that buy box. 100%. It's a convenience fee, right? Um, and what does that mean for merchants, right? I mean, for merchants, what's the upside? You know, Amazon's an incredible platform. You have access to this huge customer base that's spending a lot of money, the 100 million you know, prime subscribers world, worldwide. But it's also starting to become the most dangerous company for merchants. And there are some specific reasons for that, but, you know, to pick one in particular that I think is, uh, is, is quite scary, you know, Amazon launched its private label brand, its first private label brand back in 2007. Do you know how many it has today? No, I, I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> 125 private label brands. This year, private label sales are expected to reach seven and a half billion. It's got enormous implication for brands that sell on Amazon, right? Essentially what's happening is you have these name brands that come into Amazon initially, they build up a category within Amazon, and then Amazon comes in over the top and launches a private label brand. I've seen this where 
you know, they'll at least uh, historically, Amazon will even go to your suppliers, cut you out, um, goes to the same factories that you're getting your product manufactured at and get some of those uh, Amazon brands created for themselves. So it, it can be particularly nasty to be caught up in that um, and frustrating uh, to basically have the, the carpet pulled out from under you. Right. And on top of that, you're losing a ton of margin, right? I mean, you're still selling on Amazon. You're still paying Amazon all these seller fees, monthly account fees. You know, often they're racking up to 15%, 20% of the sale price. Well, and that's before any other fees that you might have for Prime, you know, for uh, fulfilled by Amazon for other things that, that you're doing. I, I've noticed that, you know, of, of course, I think that's part of why we see this trend that a merchant can sell an item cheaper directly because they don't have to have that additional markup in it. The difference if you sell on your own website, perhaps in some situations, not all, you have to do a little bit more marketing. Um, on the other hand, with Amazon, you might be spending that marketing budget to promote the items and get them to come up at the top of Amazon's search. Right. So, you know, uh, six of one, half dozen of the other, right? But, um, but I definitely follow that. So, Robert, you know what's funny? I've actually seen, I've gone to websites to like just browse and shop around. And as I'm moving my mouse towards the X to X out, there's a little pop-up that comes up and goes, hey, by the way, go to, if you don't want to buy, go to our Amazon, go to Amazon and buy our product. And I'm like, what? Like, you already have the audience there. Why are you sending them away? Why, why is that happening, Jay? Yeah, I mean, that, that to me is the, the height of ridiculousness, right? You're spending all this money in acquisition to get people to your website only to send them to Amazon. So you can lose another 20% on the sale. You know, and this comes down really to what we're here to discuss today, right? So um, people, business owners in e-commerce really need to take control of their own destiny and give consumers the ability to buy directly from themselves in an Amazon-like fashion, right? Super seamless, super easy to use. So, there's kind of two components really to, to taking control of your own destiny. The first is building that Amazon-like experience. The second, which we probably won't have time to get into today, and perhaps you can do it in another podcast, Rob and Tom, is you can't ignore the realities of the market. You do need to have a balanced retail strategy that does mean selling on Amazon and utilizing its reach and platform. But more importantly, at the same time, making sure that you're taking care of your own website and your own direct-to-consumer business. But that's another topic for another day. Today, what we're here to talk about is e-commerce conversion and creating that Amazon-like experience on your own site. So, in other words... Well, when you say Amazon-like experience, can you tell the audience like what specifically are you referring to? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, if you take a look at what's happening today, there are a number of businesses that have sprung up to help retailers create the Amazon-like shopping experience on their website um, in all sorts of aspects, in terms of personalization, in terms of shipping optimization, in terms of two-day shipping, one-day shipping. Um, Bolt and JetRails are two such of these businesses. And what we're both trying to do is enable a better way for people to purchase online and that consumer experience the first go around. And I think there are three components that enable a really great buying experience. The first is creating one that's totally instant, right? Something that's got as little friction as possible so people can streamline through the sales process. The other is creating a trusted experience 
one of the biggest problems today is for businesses that are trying to get their first uh, a new customer is really just getting the customer to trust that website. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And the other is consistency, always having the same consistent experience for the consumer every single time they go around. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, for that instant experience, I'm, I'm hoping my wife isn't watching this because she's going to start buying stuff on Amazon all the time. But uh, yeah, so nice maybe nights. let's dive into some of these things because you know that's a good segue, right? Yeah. Your wife is buying on Amazon all the time. And today we live in this world of instant gratification. Nobody understands it better than Amazon. And they've taken like, it out of this fact. They've taken the friction out of purchasing online and simplified the experience. Everybody talks about one-click buy. Now, uh, that's where, you know, here at Bolt, um, that's where we have kind of uh, tried to start our experience when it comes to checkout and offering people a way to be able to build an Amazon-like checkout on their website. Now, the, where the rubber meets the road in purchasing online is where people need to enter their credit card information, right? And up until that point, um, what we see in terms of data is consumers are generally getting to that part in the process, um, but at checkout or at cart is where seven out of 10 consumers end up abandoning the checkout process. So. Uh, if you want to focus and improve sales on your website, improve e-commerce conversion, start with checkout. It's actually often where people end up and it's the last thing they think about, but that's often a place where you need to start and you need to take a look and see what the data looks like over there. Now, essentially here at Bolt, what we've done is we've built the fastest checkout on the market and we've done that essentially by removing all these blockers and points of friction from the checkout. You know, things that cause people to abandon on mobile, things like login walls, you know, we've eliminated the number of fields to fill in, things like billing address, which are actually totally unnecessary. Um, you know, they're only there essentially for a security and fraud perspective, but we're doing some interesting with things with fraud that allow us to eliminate billing address. But if you take that out, that's eight fields you can save. Eliminating scrolling on mobile, auto looking up addresses so you can autofill addresses. I don't mean through Google um, autofill. I mean actually looking up the address through Google Maps or some sort of service, um, validating field level inputs. There's all sorts of things that you can do to optimize the checkout experience. These are things that Amazon is, is doing today. And if you can do those things, you can do them well, you can see an enormous lift in conversion, especially on mobile. Uh, you know, here at Bolt, you know, one of the things that we look at is we look at mobile conversion rates. You know, mobile traffic is a massive trend. People are going in droves to e-commerce sites on their mobile phones with the intention to buy. But as traffic goes up and up and up, conversion rates aren't staying at that same level. They're actually slipping. And what we've shown is we can actually deliver an 83% higher lift in conversion versus industry average and mobile through our checkout experience by, again, eliminating all these blockers that cause people to abandon the checkout experience. And so we're one of these technologies that businesses can use in order to empower a better checkout experience for their customers. We integrate with all the major e-commerce platforms, just make it easier to really seamlessly plug in, right? So whether it's Magento that you're using or one or two or perhaps another platform, it doesn't really matter. And so that's the first step, right? Creating this instant kind of buy experience. And if you can do that, you'd be able to win a lot of customers. So, you know, Jay, we, 
Oh, go ahead, Robert. Yeah, I'm just looking at it like brick and mortar. And so, you know, window shoppers are important. You know, you certainly have to draw people into the store. You have to have them be happy with what they're finding on the racks and shelves. But if when they want to go pay, if you can't get them out of there fast and easy, if, if you're letting them leave their, their basket or wagon, you know, or, or drop their stuff and walk out and, and you're not doing everything that you can to solve that problem, then you're in big trouble. And, um, you know, I, I really think, you know, br bringing it home that look, you can sell on Amazon, you can sell on eBay, you can sell in lots of marketplaces and, and with lots of third parties, but you don't own the customer. You don't really market to the customer the same way. You don't own the buy box. Somebody else can come in and cut you out for a penny less. Um, someone can come in and knock you off, uh, you know, whether it's Amazon themselves or whether it's, you know, just some international factory or, or what have you that a lot of risk. Um, you know, I've seen some big sellers not diversify and not have enough of their own customer base uh, and suffer later on. But, um, you know, so I, I really like the the concept of, of a, a multi-point optimization to the checkout. I, it sounds like there's a lot of individual components to it, though. I mean, it would are we talking dozens of things that really impact that that uh, conversion rate in the checkout? Yeah, I mean, actually, it's more than that. Uh, there's about fifty things if you could if you could if you want to really kind of look into uh, the key kind of drivers. There's maybe about fifty things that you need to optimize for. Um, we we do extensive research. Um, around people's behaviors online. And we've actually partnered with Bainbridge Institute to, to figure out what some of those things are. And we've actually narrowed it down to about 50 things. And if you can do those 50 things, um, you know, you can have incredible success in terms of minimizing the amount of card abandonment or checkout abandonment and making sure as many customers who have come to your site with the intent to buy are able to purchase. Um, and I really like your analogy, actually, about the, the offline experience, right? I mean, think about it. Like you're in a store, you're in a grocery store, you're, you're trying to check out. How long does that line need to be before you're like, you know, forget it? I'm not waiting in that line. Forget it. I don't need these things that bad. I'm just going to come back another time, and then you never come back. Yeah, you know, yeah. so uh, it's the same thing online. If you look at Magento Checkout, it takes about a minute 10 for people to go through the checkout experience by default. If you can optimize that to get it as short as possible, you're going to win more customers and get them to process their credit cards through your site and get them to pay for products and leave. Um, so that's what it comes down to. Speed is key. I mean, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, look, last night it's Sunday, right? And it's late night. People are probably sleeping. I'm on my little tablet, like looking at some high-end speakers. I'm trying to buy like a Bluetooth speaker and I get to this one website and I'm not going to mention the name of the site because it's embarrassing. And I'm just sitting there. I couldn't even get to the checkout. I couldn't even reach into my wallet to get the credit card out to buy something because I couldn't find the product. I got the spinning wheel of death and I actually ended up leaving the site, went to Amazon to do some searching. And I actually tried three or four times over the course of an hour to go back to that website to do a searcher because I really, I'm a brand guy, right? So if I find a brand that I like that's always taking care of me, I try to stick there. <clears throat> uh, now, I still didn't purchase this. I'm going to give them another shot today, but think about other people like um, that are not like me, like my wife, right? They just, they're going to go out somewhere, one, two, three, click, click, bang and buy. 
Right. And if you can't deliver that experience, bye-bye. Yeah. Well, and, and not just that, but you can lose a long-term customer that way that uh, you're not protecting your brand very well, which is huge that, uh, you know, it's some people look at these things as the, the one-time conversion, but there's a lifetime value to these shoppers. Yeah. So, you know, you touched on... Like prior to this, uh, you know, getting to the checkout where, you know, we have a few customers in common. You can see it with the with the data. You know, we have this incredible symbiotic relationship where you guys are able to, you know, improve uh, the experience prior to people getting checkout, and then we kind of take over and take them over the finish line over there. But yeah, you know, could you guys talk a little bit about uh, how you're creating that, you know, better kind of buying experience to enable people to get to the checkout quicker? Sure. Well, I, I love your analogy, actually, of being at the store and waiting in line and just sitting there going, okay, how many, how many people are in front of me? How long is this going to take? So we're on the, the, the opposite side or right before that part where the shoppers, they'll come in and we're helping them get to the aisle to the product way faster so that they can get to that checkout process and put their credit card in right away. So we do that with uh, platform optimization. So Mission critical um, operations, uh, Magento specifically, we we, um, we specifically focus on making that experience super fast, not just during the traffic or like the regular times or during traffic spikes when, let's say there's 500 people going to the store and you're having a, you're having trouble parking. Well, we're kind of like the valet guy that takes your keys, you know, takes your car, you get in the store and then we take you and we throw you in the aisle. We help you put the product in your cart, and then we take them to Bolt, and then, bam, you take over the rest. So that's kind of what we do on the, the infrastructure side to make things fast before they get to the cart. Well, and, and I would say it's more than just speed because, uh, you know, it's also consistency that we do a, a ton uh, to speed up sites, and our development partners do too. It's absolutely a symbiotic relationship that – the quality of, of the code, the optimization of that code and of that site goes hand in hand with the, the server and, and hosting optimizations that we put into play. But you also want to keep in mind things uh, like the, the uptime and the stability and reliability of the site itself that will be load balancing to make sure that a website can handle the traffic that it's expecting. Um, we'll be making sure that we've got you know booster servers spinning up, that we've got uh, load balancing happening so that we've got scalability, uh, you know, and, and elasticity to be able to to handle the traffic that's going to come. Because there's nothing worse than having the, your best sale day of the year, yeah. and then people can't shop effectively. Either they're hitting error pages, or it's just moving very slowly. Um, and it's very hard to recoup sometimes those customers once they've had a bad experience. Um, no, and, and that's a good segue into the second part of, you know, creating this Amazon-like experience, which is consistency. And for all those reasons you mentioned, it's incredibly important. You know, if you, and not only mention um, those things, but also, you know, word of mouth uh, travels quickly. And if consumers have a bad experience on a website, you know, even if they're shopped there previously and they come back, they have a bad experience, they're going to share that with everybody else. Um, and it doesn't matter if those other consumers have had that had a good experience on a website once before. Uh, if you hear about a bad experience on a website, um, you know that's what you're going to be left with. You know, and, and largely in part of Amazon's success is to do with consumers always having the experience, same experience when they buy, 
right? It doesn't matter what product you're purchasing, you're always going through the same experience, which means you can shop a lot quicker, right? You know how to navigate Amazon. You know how to get your shopping done quickly. And that's, that's part of what they've done by design in order to build more success and more conversion through their website. Um, it's a fast food model for the internet, um, but with a pretty darn big catalog. <laughs> right. For the right. visitors, the, the, the audience that's, that's listening to this and watching this, can you tell us a little bit about how Bolt creates that consistency all across the board? Yeah, look, I mean, at checkout specifically, Tom, to, at checkout specifically what that means is, is, again, having that same experience every single time, no matter what device um, you know, what Wi-Fi your network you're attached to, always having a great experience. You know, it's things like web optimized for page load speeds where it's sub one second load times. Um, we use a modal overlay. We don't use a in-page checkout. And the reason we do that is we've actually designed the modal for mobile first. Uh, and then we're expanding that out to a desktop version. So you have that same experience you have on mobile on desktop as well. Um, you know, so it's being consistent in all things that you do and just thinking through that consumer journey, you know, how they get through your website. Can I be consistent? Can I offer the same experience? So they don't have to think about it. It just becomes, um, you know, second nature, so to speak, when they come to your site over and over again to buy. Got it. So like right now I'm actually on mobile and we have a mutual client uh, together. We have uh, uh, Moon Audio, which I actually just talked to them uh, not too long ago. And here it is. I'm, I'm clicking. I just put one of their products in the cart. And by the way, they, they sell really, really high end audio cables and audio gear. And, you know, I'm not going to click buttons to get my computer screen on. But when you say consistency, you're talking about this this layout that's really, really simple and clickable and that you got bolt kind of the bolt logo right here in the checkout. That's what you're referring to, right? That nice little clean format. Well, click, click on checkout there. All right. So I'm going to click on checkout and bam. Okay. So that, fast. This is where bolt takes over. We just intersect at the point of checkout and cart and we take over this experience. This is where the rubber meets the road guys. This is where people are going to enter their credit card experience, uh, credit card information. So that experience, if you're on mobile, you know, you go to desktop, you're pretty much observing the same experience. We're not changing page layouts or anything like that. You see that a lot, right? Where you go on mobile and it's a single page kind of long scroll mobile experience. You go on desktop and then they've got another experience. You know, consumers don't want that. Consumers need consistency. So Moon Audio, uh, when I talked to them, they actually said that you guys helped them boost conversions by 21%, and they were super happy. Uh, can you tell us a, a little bit about that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, Moon Audio, uh, they've seen some tremendous results. You know, one thing that we do here at Bolt, we're super transparent in how we uh, present ROI or present data. Um, so when you sign up to Bolt, we actually collect what we call your pre-Bolt data, which is basically what is your checkout conversion rate been today? What are you doing in terms of fraudulent chargeback and all those other things that we solve for? And then from the moment you go live, you can essentially start to look at what your new uh, data is um, through our Bolt dashboard. Um, we'll show that to you live and we'll show that uh, versus comparison of pre-Bolt. Uh, and what we saw in 
you know, the months after we kind of uh, launched with Moon Audios, we saw the checkout conversion uh, optimize by up over 29%. So they saw a 29% lift in checkout conversion rates, which is pretty awesome. Um, from an ROI perspective, they saw a 17x return on their investment of Bolt, which is phenomenal. Um, well, and, and I'd say that that's part of why we partnered up was that we had great feedback and we've got so many customers using Bolt that I think we were caught a little bit off guard. Um, we have, you know, as a host, a limited number of technology partners and, and we were really excited by uh, some of the numbers and some of the feedback that we were getting from uh, from the end users, from the, uh, the e-commerce sites themselves. So. Um, you know, congrats yeah, on, on those kind of things. We have a number of clients and costs in uh, common, right? Restaurant supply, ice machine supply, growers house, shop Ikea, you know, the list is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. One of the yeah. things I want to compliment you guys on is the service. And that goes back to the, one of the bullets, one of the pillars of Bolt is consistency. One of the things that Nicole from Moon Audio said, she said she's worked with, you know, other companies in the past and, you know, they kind of do their thing initially and then they, you know, gradually fall off. But what she said about Bolt was you guys are consistently amazing with your customer service. And to me, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Specifically because, you know, with Jet Rails here, we don't have millions and millions of customers. We deal with, uh, you know, really mission critical operations. And it's really important that we know each and every one of our customers and each and every one of our customers knows us. I mean, that's really, really important. And for another company to be known for that style, it makes me feel good. Yeah, no, uh, that's, uh, that actually means a lot. We do put a lot of effort. Um, our customer success team here is tremendous. We provide a full white glove service. Um, you know, once you, you have both, essentially you have a partner in terms of optimization for for the ongoing time that we're going to work together, we continuously strive to optimize the experience for your customers uh, when they come to your website. And so that's just testament to all the hard work our customer success team um, puts in to make sure our customers are seeing, uh, you know, the type of results Moon Audio saw, you know, 29% lift in checkout conversion rate. So it's awesome. Um, yeah. And, you know, that, that gets me to ask, you know, I, I know that uh, we've talked a lot about the optimization side of, of what your team does when you were talking about using modals and, um, you know, in essence, you're a, a hosted checkout. So everything is going through both servers and your security is maintained similar to, to how we maintain uh, the, the rest of these e-com sites that, um, you know, going back to things you don't want to happen in terms of negative experiences, you certainly don't want to have a, a security interruption um, that impacts your customers. Um, e even if it's maybe some junk injected into a site that gets you on a blacklist and so people see a big red screen in Google Chrome saying don't visit this site, even if it's not maybe credit card data that got stolen, but um, you know, a lo lot of risk uh, you know, out there that um, you know, we see folks that we're uh, you know, we're constantly telling, you know, that uh, come to us asking us about Magento hosting, that sort of thing. And we're telling them, hey, look, you know, we, we can help you with the hosting, but uh, you've got some other issues under the hood. Um, you know, what do you, what does your team see in, in terms of that? And obviously you've taken a, a stance in how you've developed your stack. 
Yeah, totally. And this comes back to the final point that we laid out before we started getting into the, the instant buying experience, consistent buying experiences, creating trust, right? That's the third part that you need to do extremely well. Nothing erodes trust between buyer and seller more than security risks, as you pointed out, which you guys essentially help all Magenta customers with. Uh, and fraud is the other component. Fraud uh, creates a lot of friction at checkout. And so we've actually built our checkout experience with a, uh, with a fraud engine into the background that's uh, you know, essentially working uh, to solve and prevent fraud using machine learning. Um, what happens right now today is merchants that sell online, unlike brick and mortar merchants, uh, aren't indemnified for fraud. And so as a result, they need to ask consumers for a lot of unnecessary information to secure transactions, like, for example, billing address, which I spoke about earlier, which is eight additional fields. That's just lengthening the checkout process and, again, driving purchase abandonment up, right? So, again, your fraud is the, the erosion of trust or the lack of trust in that scenario is creating friction between the buyer and seller and preventing more transactions from happening. So what we're doing is because we got that machine learning uh, fraud engine built into our checkout, we're able to actually remove billing address and not put the onus on the customer to secure the transaction. Instead, we'll use our machine learning engine and over 200 variables and data points uh, to be able to decision on fraud in instant, uh, in real time. Um, and then just help buyer and seller have a better experience and, and be able to transact with each other. The other thing that we see a lot, um, again, coming back to trust, is uh, and a far bigger issue is false positives, right? So what's happening today is processors, gateways, and frankly, most fraud tools in the market are designed to stop fraudsters, right? They're designed to solve the chargeback issue. Um, but they've essentially over-engineered the solution to a point where, yeah, you know, you're stopping fraudsters, but you're also stopping a lot of good customers from purchasing as well. Um, this is known as a false positive, and it's more common than we think. It, you know, some customers that we've spoken to are seeing anywhere from 10 to 15% of real transactions being falsely declined, and they don't even know it until they start digging until we start digging into their processing data. And we show them all the transactions that have just been declined for no good reason. Um, again, by their gateway or perhaps by another fraud tool. Um, it happens for really simple reasons, guys. Sometimes just address verification, billing addresses, master shipping address, so credit cards declined. Uh, to use an analogy, uh, as you guys know, I'm expecting uh, my first uh, child. Uh, I'm going to be having a little boy pretty, pretty soon over here. My parents came to visit. Uh, I'm originally from New Zealand, as you guys know, and they came to visit. And my dad, uh, you know, asked me, you know, what can I get you for your baby shower? And uh, he uh, offered to pay for our stroller. And he went to a website, I won't mention uh, the name of the site, to purchase a stroller. He tried to use his credit card. Now, his credit card, the billing address is in New Zealand. He's in a hotel here in San Francisco. He's trying to ship to another place in San Francisco. The fraud tool looks at that transaction or the gateway looks at the transaction and it gets denied. Now, this is a legitimate customer trying to make a purchase that was in about $900, right? So you're losing money. Um, and if you do that often enough, I mean, really for, for the consumer, what are the choices in that scenario? 
Well, one, if we really wanted to make that purchase, my dad would have to call up customer service and compete, uh, complete the purchase offline. Highly unlikely, what's more likely to happen is he's probably just gonna go on Amazon and buy it or go to the competitor and buy it. Um, you know, and if it was an impulse buy, none of the, not necessarily the case in this scenario, but if it was an impulse buy, that consumer's over there. They're not gonna well, come back. And, and, and I, I'd say it gets worse in a lot of cases because the consumer on most e-commerce sites has no idea why the transaction is being denied. That they just get a pretty generic error message. So they don't understand. Um, they don't even know what they could or, or should do next. And for the merchant, in many cases, it just looks like a credit card that didn't that was declined that maybe didn't have money or something that they're not getting a ton of reporting on it. They don't know that they're how much they're actually losing in false positives on credit card fraud. I've seen it for years. So uh, yeah, so tracking the, the error codes are totally different. You can't actually track it. You got to dig into your processing data in order to look at it. A lot of merchants don't do it. A lot of merchants aren't necessarily spending their time looking at processing statements. Uh, well, and, and because at that point, the damage is really done. So this transaction didn't go through the chances that you're going to track down that consumer and get them to place the, the order with you. If they had a credit card in hand and they're online, chances are they've figured out how they're going to get this item one way or another. And if right. it wasn't through you, they've already you know zeroed in on some other solution to provide them what they need. Exactly. So, so to kind of put things in perspective here, let's say you're selling some, some big ticket items. Let's say you have some headphones like Moon Audio and these headphones are $2,500 a pop and you're able to get an additional, let's call it 20 transactions through for them at the end of the month, that equals a lot of money. Yeah, that's what a, that's the end game, right? I mean, it's just getting more good customers that are able to transact through your website. Now, there are other things that we offer as well in terms of a trust factor. This is more for the merchants. You know, we provide also a zero fraud guarantee, right? So we take the liability of all those fraudulent chargebacks off the table. Again, creating more trust between the consumer and the and the seller there. But yeah, that's what we're all about. We're about basically eliminating some of the false positive issue that people are, are dealing with today when they sell products online. And that false positive issue is what's resulting when you quantify it across the United States, it's all about $100 billion in lost revenue. Wow. A lot of money being left on the table. A lot of bad guys out there. <laughs> that's a big problem, actually, in e-commerce. All these bad guys, all these, you know, uh, on our side or everybody's side, everybody hates them, right? Um, there's there's hackers, there's scrapers, there are malicious uh, code injectors that are there to try to take credit card information. I mean, we see we see and hear about it all the time, and people are like, "Hey, you know, Jet Rails, what do we what can we do? You know, we're running into these obstacles day in and day out. How do we solve them? You know, there's there are a couple things that can be done. Uh, but what's amazing for for you guys is the zero. Um, zero worry guarantee that's amazing um on our side before the, the client even gets to go there and make the purchase you know, we have to pr uh, protect them and block all that malicious activity so what we do uh, we actually have a um uh, two things that we do that are really big one is least privilege access to the environment where it's really locked down 
And the second thing, we team up with awesome, awesome people and awesome companies like yours. So we, we work with another company called Cloudflare, where they actually have this amazing blacklist that's, I don't know if it's updated every minute or every 10 minutes or every day. I mean, they update it all the time, but they see all these um, bad guys out there, all this malicious activity, and they block them. They, have a, they offer a service that's like a web application firewall. So it stops all that activity before it even hits your server. Right. So it's, it's like, like IP driven or what, what are some of the um, levers or data points that they're using to? Oh, there's actually a lot. So the, the WAF, the, um, the virtual firewall in essence, um, it's able to notice things like the particular behavior. Um, so uh, Cloudflare can detect if something looks like it's bot activity versus a real human being. Um, and I'm guessing that, that uh, some of your filters do some of the same. Um, where it can also test certainly by geographic area, by IP address. And so there are cases where, for instance, if we've got a client that only sells in certain countries, we might um, even just totally block traffic from uh, countries that we know that they're not, not selling to and that uh, particularly have some some bad actors <laughs> more often than not attacking sites and um, so we just like to cut things off at the pass when it's appropriate with them. Um, you know, so it's, there's a whole range of, uh, uh, of things, it, even things like, um, you know, scrapers that are going in there uh, to, to grab data from the sites like um, email addresses in order to spam them. Uh, you'd be surprised at just how many activities you can potentially observe or, you know, something that's, um, you know, trying to access the wrong pages in a site or, uh, you know, using bad credentials or things. Yeah, yeah. So another one of those companies that are helping uh, those merchants that are trying to own their own destiny, build their own direct-to-consumer experience. It's another one of those companies that enable that Amazon buying type experience, right, through trust. Um, to come back to what uh, kind of kicked off this conversation. Yeah. Well, so Jay, I'm sorry we're not going to see you at Magento Imagine in a couple of weeks. I know that we're going to be seeing lots of members of your team, but <laughs> we're very excited. For, you know, for you to become a dad. So, you know, you, you, you. you'll join yeah. our club here. Yeah. Can't wait. To yeah. Talk. yeah. Nervous. Uh, yeah. Just waiting for it to happen now. Uh, oh, we'll be waiting for some really good news. And uh, we expect to hear, you know, before family or anybody, you know, we're at the top of the list, right? That's. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Actually, I hope to do another podcast and official announcement that happens. We're gonna absolutely. Do, uh, if you're home on paternity yeah, and and we hear the baby in the background, we are fine with that. We love kids. I was just gonna say we haven't told anybody the name of the baby, so we could do a big reveal here on uh, the Jet Wheels podcast, the official <laughs> reveal party. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well. Jay, we will very much look forward to having you back, even if it's not for reveal, but that would be a lot of fun. Um, we really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. And uh, we, we certainly look forward to working closely with your team as we do today. So, Absolutely. It was a total pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. yeah and Jay, I, I wanted to say one more thing. It's really, really hard to find like what we call, or what I would call like the triple threat, right? And you guys have it. You know, you guys have the technology, you have uh, the ability to help companies make more money and keep their money, and you also understand people and you actually help 
people. And to, today, with the way all this technology is advancing at such a rapid pace, people tend to forget about that human element and that human touch. And what I really like about you and your company is that you understand people need people. And I appreciate that. And I just want to say thank you and, and continue doing what you're, what you're doing. 100%. No, that, that means a lot. It's, uh, it's all by design. It's, uh, it's really the power of combining, um, you know, human intelligence with, uh, with AI and to be able to deliver a much better experience. But you, it starts with the human element. Yeah, just don't make like a real life robot that's like that resembles people too much. <laughs> well, next time you do this podcast, it might be uh, Robot J here. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, um, I'll you know say thank you to our listeners. And uh, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you want to hear about something in a follow up, uh, hit us up on social media at JetRails or uh, you know leave a comment wherever you're <laughs> you're viewing or, or listening to this and. Uh, we certainly look forward to bringing you more and more of these great episodes in the coming weeks. Thanks all.